So I saw the DJ Marshmallow won, <laughs> won one of the Ninja Warrior Challenge things while wearing his giant marshmallow head thing. Brody, you're pulling my leg here. <laughs> I'm fucking not. Those challenges are intense. I, I I know. And you need to be able to see. It was insane to behold because, again, he's wearing this giant head, like, this freaking bucket on his head, essentially. And he's, like, swinging, like, five to ten feet between these, like, swinging bars. And, like, he makes it. Yeah, but I don't trust that. He's wearing a giant either. helmet. It could be literally anyone underneath I realize yeah. that. I... I, I I'm choosing to believe it was truly him. <laughs> He's got the money. He could hire another DJ just to play his sets and put on the helmet. <laughs> and he's like, I've made the song. Just go fucking do it. I'm going to party. Just plug in my iPod. I, yeah. It's fine. It's all there. <laughs> Nobody can tell the difference. Oh, and while you're at it, hire Dwayne The Rock Johnson, put a helmet on him, and then make him run the Superman course. What is it called? How jacked was he? Was Marshmallow all of a sudden really jacked? <laughs> okay. So this is... <laughs> This is, he wasn't. It was, like he thick. looked pretty lean still. How did he prove it? When he hit the buzzer at the end of the challenge, did he also play a nice DJ set and get everybody up in the groove? When he gets to the button, it's actually a, a setup, and he just starts ripping out a track. <laughs> <laughs> the last bit isn't true, but everything up to it was. I'm struggling to think of a marshmallow song. That's the thing. Like, he hasn't had to make good music recently because because he's too busy training for the <laughs> ultimate the ninja warrior <laughs> yeah that's ninja. it ninja warrior challenge <laughs> what an aspiration for a show eh? like i love the monkey bars as a kid and i know other people are gonna love watching adults <laughs> do the same shit <laughs> <laughs> it's so true that being said you know every adult when going past the park is like I miss the days when it wasn't weird me going over there right? and playing on them. Yeah, but right? you got to add the same amount of danger into it. In monkey bars in a playground, you fall, you hit rocks or sand or something hard. But in Ultimate Ninja Warrior, don't you fall into water? They got to put something bad down there. You fall into a depression because you didn't win. Kayla, <laughs> there's other dangers of a grown-ass adult playing in a children's park. There's nothing like, wrong with sneaking a quick ride on the monkey bars, <laughs> proving to the children that you're stronger and better than them, you know? <laughs> I just missed that age. It was like 16 or 17, where it was still like, you know, you're hanging out with your buddies. It's late at night. You're going through Southside Park, Woodstock, what up? And you're like, hey, let's play some grounder at 2 a.m. Oh, let's, let's sneak off into the bushes and jerk each other off. <laughs> <Yeah>. No! <laughs> No, we live different childhoods. <laughs> oh, two no. two a.m. grounder in like the park. It was a blast, but we cannot do that. Even like if it's like no one's around at my age now. If me and a few buddies did that, there would be cops being called, <laughs> and they'd be like, "What are you on, sir?" And I'd be like, "Motherfucker, I'm high on life. Get up here. Let's play some grounder." Floor is lava, cop. <laughs> <laughs> You're burning. Sorry, did you just say lava, cop? Oh my god. That's what Lava Girl turns into when she grows up. She mm -hmm. becomes Lava Cop. Yeah. Okay, don't give Disney any ideas. She's gonna play Grounder with us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Anime Not Be For Everyone. 
I'm your humble host. I'll say my name in a moment, though, after we get the uh, rest of the people up in action here. He likes here. to wait his turn. Yeah. Yeah, it's my... It's, it's a, I go By last. this point, we have a turn. Because we have to build up the excitement for you. Right. Yeah, so it starts with me. I'm Caleb Morden, and I am not exciting, apparently. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't but, like anime. I'm not a fan. Uh, I'm... Brody Morden, and just want to clarify, Caleb, we don't need to build up the excitement for you, because it's already there. I'm Zach, and when I went to my first Marshmallow concert, I didn't get the deal, and I thought Marshmallow was outside having a smoke, because he had his helmet beside him, and I kind of fangirled a little bit, and he pretended to be Marshmallow, and he's like, yeah, it's cool, man, whatever, you have a good show, okay? I get inside, I guess it's a thing to make up your own Marshmallow helmets, and walk (laughs) around before the show to, like... Just add to the thing so that the real marshmallow can also do it. So nobody knows who the true marshmallow is. It's a yeah. I I do. He's a true ninja warrior. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only true ninja warrior. All right. This week I've got a show. It's it's a rare one because it's actually a French manga that was adapted to be a Japanese anime in oh. Japan. Oui, oui, douche. <laughs> uh, oui, oui. It means that we don't have that crazy name. That so means, we got... No, wait, no, that means there are lots of baguettes. <laughs> Is it racist to make fun of French people? No, because it's not in nope. France. I'll tell you about the world soon, but get all your bigotry out of you now. <laughs> I like to smoke a cigarette driving down the <laughs> side of the road on my bicyclette. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Caleb, we got something? Uh, bibliotheque. <laughs> oh, beauty. Zach? Sometimes at the Eiffel Tower, I like to look for women who are obviously crying because their mate has not shown up, and I tell them, maybe it's time to move on. And then I take them home and fucking ditch them right away. That seems too real to be improv. <laughs> All right! <laughs> So, Radiant is a world uh, where most of humanity lives above the clouds on these floating islands. There's these creatures that drop from the sky called Nemesis. And they're essentially just, like, random monsters, depend, like, they can be any shape or form. Um, certain people, when they come in contact with the nemesis, uh, get these things called curses, uh, which is usually something that's not great, but it also gives them access to Fantasia, which in this world is mana. Uh, so essentially it makes them become sorcerers, and they're able to study magic and use it from that point on. The downside is... Everyone who's not a sorcerer looks at you as an infected, tainted human, so they're kind of the enemy to most people, even though they're the ones who usually show up to fight off the nemesis and protect said people. Like, racism against mages? Is that what we're Yeah, essentially. At? Yeah, because it's, it's the fear of the unknown, because most people haven't come in contact with the nemesis, and the people that have usually come out with, like, some sort of curse. Sorry, did you so explain are... what the nemesis is? Is that a person... No, the nemesis are these giant creatures that fall from the sky. Oh. So they're different shapes and forms. They're just like these monsters that will destroy anything in sight. And give you magic. They bite you and give you magic. Well, like, <laughs> if if you survive, they give you magic, which most people don't survive. Like, they humbly take a knee and they're like, you've bested me. Here's your magic. No, it's like, <laughs> hey, the damage that they inflicted wasn't enough to kill me, and now I have this curse. Ah, uh, like Voldemort and Harry Potter. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like Tries to Vada um, Kedavra him or whatever, and then Harry Potter <laughs> gets his magic. So Seth, our main character, he um, finds out about a place called Radiant, where apparently all the nemesis are coming from. So he decides to make it his 
his life goal to find Radiant and put a stop to the Nemesis. Purge the Nemesis. But they want the Nemesis because they make they give you magic, right? They in in most sorcerers, it gave them a curse, not magic, because some of them are pretty detrimental to their survival as human beings. It's like the scary thing Deadpool went through with the scary scientists and like fucking with people just to see, right? Is that necessarily mm. good? Even though you got Deadpool out of it? That's that's actually a phenomenal... Rather just cut that shit off. And... Yeah. So, like, being a sorcerer, yeah, you have magic, but now you're feared by most of the population, and you're not looked at as, as a normal person, and you're ostracized, so that's something he wants to put a stop to. Sorry, ostracized? Ostracized? <laughs> I literally thought those exact words in my mind, Zach, and I almost said that joke, and I'm like, no, that's too cheesy. I'm not going to bring that level of cheese today to this episode. <laughs> and you swoop. Okay. In and did it for me. Good job. <laughs> so yeah, they get ostracized. <laughs> yep, they get ostracized. Um, so Seth takes takes off on an adventure to find Radiant. He meets two friends along the way. This girl named Melly, who is Melly Furtado. <laughs> Melly Furtado. Oh man, I want to sing a song, but I do don't it. Really. I don't know any. <laughs> we'll make one up. What do you think, Melly Furtado? I fly like? away. Want to fly away? I don't know where my home is. I don't know where my soul is. I said I'm gonna, I'm gonna find radio. Gonna go. take off the nemesis. I don't plus. know where my home is. A plus. <laughs> um. So Melly has a curse where she has a split personality. Usually she's like super cutesy and nice, and half the time she's a pop singer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the clowns. That is Miley Cyrus. <laughs> she's a pop star, wouldn't you say? Oh, I guess he's talking about. Hannah Montana's split personality. You know, Brody, yeah. everybody has those days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay. So her split personality makes her go into a killing rampage. So uh, Just like Hannah Montana. Except she kills it on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the third friend of theirs is Doc, this overweight, like, 30-year-old. How overweight? Uh, he's probably, like, 250. He's not, like, obese, but That's he's healthy. He's, he's he's chunky. chunky dude. That's husky. Yeah. It just it's rare in animes to see chunkier dudes, so I thought I would mention it. And he says things like flux capacitor and, and <laughs> We gotta go back, buddy! <laughs> <laughs> um, this show I feel like would be kind of fun if Doc was like that, but Doc's not as excitable. He's more the exact opposite of that. Oh, he's more like the Marty. So he's like um, Doc, we don't have to uh, kids and Biff. I don't remember. I don't want to bone my mom. <laughs> but I kind of do want to bone my mom, Doc. What do I do? She totally <laughs> wants my D. Oh, God. Am I destined to be my own father? <laughs> well, one day I'd be in cowboy age, too? All right. Um, yeah. And the three of them decide to uh, work together. They go to a place called Artemis. They learn a bunch of shit. It's cool. It's whatever. Artemis Fowl? No, it's a floating uh, sorcerer village that they used to usually uh, have their hunters and their researchers kind of home base. They like get a fuck ton of debt from the leader there. He is known for just kind of like slyly putting people in massive amounts of debt so they kind of have to work for him. Mm. Um, just like my ex-wife. My wife. I'm glad one of us here is disappointed in that joke. <laughs> 
And the other one's laughing like a little bitch. Wow. So, uh, in Artemis... They're in debt. Seth finds uh, the person that uh, he was looking for to help train him in some new magics. So have all three of the crew, have they all been exposed Mm -hmm. to magic or are they all? Yeah. Yeah. They're all, they're all tainted and they're all cursed. Um, That's why they're, they're living in Artemis, right? Because that's, that's their hometown. This is all new to Seth though. Okay. So he meets the, the sorcerer that he was looking for. The sorcerer helps him learn some magics. Also, you find out that uh, most people in this world need some sort of catalyst to use magic, like a wand or some sort of device to like, uh, hone the Fantasia, but Seth has the ability to wield Fantasia in his bare hands, which is just not a thing people are able to do. Which are just hands off of a bear he killed once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's mm. the dad joke. <laughs> That's my dad joke. Of the Shoved day. into sticks like swords on the back of, on his back, <laughs> whips him out. See, I'm using my magic on my bare hands, guys. Rar, pets Doc's face slightly. <laughs> So they get a, a mission to go to a place called uh, Rumble Town, uh, which is a, <laughs> what? a floating island. So there's real cool names right now, like Artemis, and there's the Radiant they're searching for, and Nemesis, and then they're like, let's mm. go to Rumble Town. <laughs> yeah. So the reason it's called Rumble Town is since the uh, era of like metalwork or whatever they've been rumbling they've been mining the island that they're on so it's slowly becoming smaller and smaller and it's being like the only reason it's still floating is because it has like these balloons holding it up and stuff across the city and it's constantly it's constantly like vibrating because it's constantly being mined so that's why they call it Rumble Town. Uh-huh. Okay, so they're going to Rumble Town for what? Uh, because they were told that there's spotted some nemesis there, so they want to a make up some money from the debt they've accrued in uh, Artemis, and b they want to find out where the fuck these things are coming from. Right. So they're just trying to get intel because they they know is is Radiant like a wives' tale then at this? Yeah. Point? So so whenever Seth mentions Radiant to people, they kind of scoff at him and are like, uh, that's doesn't exist what are you fucking talking about and he's like well they're coming from somewhere so it must exist i'm gonna find it and i'm gonna stop it okay kid that's just exactly like people are like yeah sure you will and then they kind of just walk away but the dynamics of rumble town the reason why i needed to skip over the first uh like six to seven episodes there is because rumble town is very problematic in the sense that there is a big immigrant population uh, living Uh-oh. in this town, and Brody. the leader of the town <laughs> wants to like essentially exterminate them. Oh, he wants okay. to like. Right. So that's the bad part. Not the the bad part's not the fact that there are a lot of immigrants. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no, no. In Zach, we're kind of panicking. <laughs> There's just a lot of racial tension okay, and okay. Um, distrust between. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I needed to like have a lot of the back section be kind of the forefront. Just because it's a generally cool story uh, mixed with um, some uh, pretty fucked up individuals. Yeah, lots of immigrants taking their jobs, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same old story, right? right. It's they're, they're taking their job, they're bringing in weird voodoo crap, we don't trust their culture, like, <laughs> it's, it's all... It's all that nonsense. We're right? going to build a sky wall. 
Um, well, uh, we'll get into things later on. Oh no, on. there's going to be a Donald Trump in this show. <laughs> <laughs> so, on their journey so far, there's been uh, another faction of people that I haven't mentioned so far. They're called the Inquisition. Uh, essentially, the Inquisition are humans that try to fight the nemesis, but also hunt sorcerers. <sighs> so, they're kind of the good bad guys because they're trying to do good, but they're also pretty scummy at times. One such of these people is called Captain Dragonoff. He's a dope-ass motherfucker with an eye patch. So once they get to the town, they kind of do some looking around. And uh, Seth, I guess I haven't mentioned, Seth's curses. He's got like these little tiny horns that are, are like mixed in with his hair. Um, so because, because this town is very... Uh, against different, he just wears a hood whenever he's in town, just so people don't see that he has a curse mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they uh, are looking around the town, trying to find any clues for these nemesis, and they see one moving around. So they go to chase it, and they're trying to attack it and trying to like capture it. When they notice some more come out, and some more, until there's probably about thirty or fifty of these nemesis, all like like lined up following this like weird flute music are these are these things giant monsters or are they so human these size? nemesis in particular look like um mice that are the size of uh, a short bus oh, oh. couldn't have just set a van or something <laughs> What's that? Why'd you use the short bus? Uh, just because that's the rough shape that they're oh, okay. drawn right, as. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like I would, I would say a, a van is smaller than a short bus. I guess I don't know. depends on the size of the van. <laughs> I guess, I guess, a, an easier description of something would just be a short bus. Then. A U-Haul truck. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so nonetheless, there's like thirty to fifty of them, but they don't seem aggressive they seem to just be following this tune into the distance so that like freaks them out a bit and they're chasing after when all of a sudden seth gets grabbed by his arm and thrown into a building by some random mask dude wearing a cool hat I, I will describe this dude because I think this dude is cool as fuck. Give it to me. This dude's name is Grim. He speaks in the third person. He is wrapped from head to toe in bandages uh, over where his mouth should be. He just has, like, sharpie red, like, uh, shark teeth drawn on there. He, like, his his eyes are just, like, beet red. And he wears a cool witch hat. <laughs> what is And, like, world? a cool cloak. He he just a weird dude. So he's like a if you went to dress for Halloween but you accidentally mixed the mummy costume and the witch costume. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One hundred. And it it fucking looks so cool. Every time Grimm's on screen, I'm I'm happy. But he uh realizes that Seth's a sorcerer and it's like, Hey, what's your deal here? Seth's like, Oh, I'm I'm here to kill Nemesis and find Radiant. And I just like everyone else, he kind of scoffs and is like, Oh yeah, you're gonna find Radiant, I'm so sure. Anyways, Grim questions him, says he's looking for a certain girl. Seth's like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about, man. And Grim's like, Well, uh, I'm sure I'll see you again, and just bounces out. Um, after like destroying this like the top floor of someone's house. Oh. So this isn't great because now townspeople are starting to form up and be like, hey, did you see what happened to the house? Yeah, man, that was crazy. What the fuck? Uh, so Seth deeks as quickly as possible, but, you know, the population knows that there's some sorcerers fucking about in in the Ooh, Rumble Town. We're about to see a lynching. <laughs> 
Why do you sound so excited for that? Because <laughs> it's 2021. You just don't see that anymore. <laughs> That's a good thing. No. I like me a good witch burning. If she's not a witch, she will be fine. <laughs> Tie a uh, cement block to his leg and throw him underwater. And yeah, if he drowns, he's a witch. If he doesn't drown, he's not a witch. It's just logic. <laughs> but sir... I'm not a witch, and I believe I would die as well. Witch! <laughs> then everyone's like, yeah, I can breathe underwater. Yeah, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Anyways, in this town or whatever, the city, uh, it's ruled by this captain dude with, like, a long, pointy mustache. He uh, He's pretty jacked, but you can tell he's kind of a, he's kind of a, a meathead. Either way, Dragonoff shows up and starts questioning him about, like, the sketchy things that have been happening in town, saying, like, hey, we heard that there's, like, nemesis in the area. Like, have you heard much about it? He's like, oh, I haven't heard anything. He's like, oh, okay, man, if you say so. Uh, and then he mentions that General Torque of the Inquisition is going to be showing up in the next few days, which makes him change his attitude pretty quickly. Um, oh, you can shit. tell, like, the fact of the general of the army is uh, showing up that uh, he might have some things that he uh, needs to put into action, per se, before that happens. Right. So Seth and crew, after uh, leaving the damage site, finally find the people that they were contacted by to help with the nemesis. And it turns out that their youngest son was in contact with the nemesis and the nemesis gave him a curse, which essentially was just hitting like constantly like purple slime coming out of his nose and he can't do anything about it. Just constantly he's like, oh, it's a cold, man. And the dad's like, yeah, yeah, it's totally cold because he doesn't want his son to be infected. But like... <laughs> His son's infected. So they, they're they like, well, if you guys told the Inquisition, they still do, didn't do anything. Like, something's up here. It seems sus. So they they go out looking to try to find out what's going on and end up finding more of those rat things. They just want, at this point, they just want to capture some and get away because the amount that they've seen is more than they can fucking handle. So they just want to make some money and get out. How do you capture a bus-sized rat, though? <laughs> <laughs> a plane-sized cat. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> or a full-size, bus-sized rat. Yeah, they have a scroll that they just summon uh, um, giant cats. Oh, wait. No, no. I they, thought... they do have... They, they have scrolls. You know how cats jump? It's a it's a Boeing 747. <laughs> yeah! All right. Because, you know, that's the sound effect when you think of a cat is boing. Yep. <laughs> boing. I always look at my cat, and when I pet him, I go, boing. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> so they decide to go looking and uh, to capture the nemesis again. They use scrolls to uh, suck them in uh, and capture them. Ooh. Can I get one of them scrolls? <laughs> You can sell captured revenants to people and they'll buy them? Yeah, you bring bring them back to Artemis. So essentially, Artemis' research facilities will buy them off people so they can do research on the nemesis. That's pretty lit. So it's a common enough yeah. thing that they can pick these things up and take them back to places? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a dangerous job. That's why Doc doesn't want to be there. Right. But no one believes there's a place where they come from. Yeah, no one... No one. I'm not even sure if they don't believe. They just don't care. It's just... It's such a common occurrence oh. that it's... Well, this is just a staple of life. Yeah, there's bears in the woods. Yeah, sometimes right? they come into town. 
Yeah. Why do you want to go looking for their fucking cave, dude? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, imagine a cave had all the bears in it, and that's where he wants to go. Hey, but a cave with all the bears sounds like a good time. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh will be there. Yogi uh, Bear will Yogi be there. Yogi Bear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Padd- Paddington? Paddington's going to be there. Yep. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Dude, man, this sounds like oh, a party man. cave. <laughs> I can't Holy. wait for that one to tell me not to light a fire because it might cause a forest fire. Man bear pig would be there. <laughs> man bear pig. <laughs> I feel like man bear pig would eat the rest of the bears. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't wait for a polar bear to come up, the most vicious of bears, and just rip Winnie the Pooh's head clean off. <laughs> My friend Trevor from Gyration will be there and he'll be like, don't hurt me, please. Even though he's 240 pounds. And He's super hairy, yeah. No. <laughs> it's like hugging a. It's like hugging a ru- hugging a rug. It's hugging a rug. <laughs> yeah, Trevor's pretty cool. <laughs> so at this point, Doc is like pretty done with it. Everything he says he's feeling sick, but like that's just Doc's personality for you. Being a bitch. He's like, oh, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go. I'm not feeling well. And Seth's like, oh man, you can't go. Um and uh oh, no, is that Seth's voice? Is How old is Seth? Yeah, that's, yeah, you just made me think he's eight years old. Uh he's like, Oh <laughs> you can't leave him. Oh. Um, oh, so courageous. Well he just aged mm-hmm. up twelve years in my mind. <laughs> yeah, right? That's how we do. And uh, Seth tells him about a symbol he saw on one of the nemesis, like this little glowing symbol. And Doc actually says that he's been doing research on that for a few years. And usually it means that there's a sorcerer controlling them. Uh, Then these sorcerers are known as Demitors. And they're kind of the scum of the scum of the sorcerer world, right? Like Almost like Dementors. They'll suck your face right off, man. Watch out. (laughs) They'll suck you so hard your face falls off. (laughs) (laughs) We've all had that. (laughs) Slow down my face. (laughs) (laughs) My face. (laughs) They just look up at you and you're holding your cheeks. You're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then they realize you're on drugs and they leave. So as Doc and Seth are discovering these new important uh, facts, uh, out in the distance on top of the giant clock tower in the middle of the city is a girl playing a flute. And all the nemesis are kind of just gathering around her peacefully. She's controlling them with music, That's like what Link like. from Ocarina of Time. What Billy Talent did to my younger years. All <laughs> <laughs> right. The kids of tomorrow don't need today. But we like tomorrow, so something, yeah. We both know the lyrics super you well. Suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brody, what, what are we doing? So the next day, Dragonoff is walking through the town doing his inspections. And here's a town crier blaming the foreigners for the destruction and whatnot to the city. And this is the first time he's really hearing the public's opinion on it, right? Right. And he's hearing people saying that they are conspiring with the sorcerers to take over the town. The crier says that there's an immediate attack coming from the Immigrants and Sorcerer Alliance. Uh, just like what happened 15 years ago in District 13. Are you referencing the Hunger Games? Sorry. Just step back. Uh, right? <laughs> there's... <laughs> 
But I'm pretty sure that was District 12 that was the main... Uh... Before that was District 9, where all the aliens dropped down. And... Yeah. <laughs> so many that districts. movie's amazing. <laughs> After Dragunov hears all this, he's he's pretty bothered by it. Uh, and, and goes to Conrad, and who, who's the name of the captain of this area? But he goes to Conrad and is like, Hey man, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Do you think you're king of this place or something? You're here to protect people, not just do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and Carlisle doesn't deny any of it. He's like, yeah, well... Foreigners are basically infected in his mind. They're just scum. <sighs> Dragunov asks if, like, he, he's been willingly letting the nemesis roam free. And uh, Carlisle just says, no, nah, no, nah, that's that's crazy talk. Like, there's... That's fake news. <laughs> yeah, fake news. Uh, fake news, it's all the immigrants' fault, guys. <laughs> right? So Doc is leaving uh, Rumbletown now, because, again, he says he's feeling ill, and he just wants to get the fuck out of there. It's too much for him. He's out, right? And on his way out of town, with everything that's happening now, he actually gets captured by some of the town guard, <gasps> and they throw him into, I think it's called um, White Silver Cages, which essentially nullifies magic. <gasps> Great Scott. <laughs> Sorry. Great Scott! <laughs> um, we were just waiting for me to finish my sentence to say that. Yep. The flux capacitor <laughs> won't work in here. Not without 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Conrad makes a public announcement telling, like, the, the the real humans, the real people, to stand up against the, the infected and foreigners. I was using air quotes when saying that, so just don't think I'm sick. But he's, he's literally telling people to pick up pitchforks and, like, uh, torches and do a hunt. And it's not just for the sorcerers. It's also for the foreigners that are invading their space. Right? Right. Oh, hot damn. Let's storm the capital. <laughs> you flash to the little kid who's got the snot coming out of his mouth, uh, wrapped up on a wooden post with wood below his feet and a group of just normal people with pitchforks and fires. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. All right, I'm in it. (laughs) They're, like, being like, you're sick, you're a monster, we're going to cure this. And Seth shows up in the nick of time, just puts his face, or sorry, his hand on the guy's face, and is like, I just infected you. Now you're infected too. What you gonna do? And it just like scares them off because they think that that's how the infection spreads. Right. It's like back in the day when people thought AIDS spread just by touching. And it was stigmatized back then, man. Like, yeah, I mean, you weren't you weren't supposed to even shake hands with people who had it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Well, good thing to talk about on our comedy podcast. So Conrad uh, starts locking the, the district's gates, like foreigners, citizens alike. Like he's just starting to lock it down because there's no time. He needs to get rid of the infection before it starts spreading, right? Or before his boss shows up, right? Basically, right? Or he's fired. So he literally gets these massive cannons and starts bombarding that part of the, the city. Just like... Not giving a fuck who who dies. Yeah, so it's killing normal people too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, so Seth and Melly get there and like try to stop him from this essentially just genocide. Right. They have a bit of a battle. Dragonoff shows up and like kind of makes it so neither of them are fighting anymore, I guess. And they just back it. Like Seth and Melly like leave before they die, essentially. Uh, Because Carlisle's no joke. He's or not Carlisle. Freaking, ah. Uh, this guy's name is just very Conrad. Conrad, not Carlisle. <laughs> 
I get those names mixed up all the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> My friend Conrad hates it when I call him Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> but I just can't help myself. Okay, um, on like as they're escaping, uh, Mel gets captured and gets thrown into the same cage with Doc. Doc's not looking hot right now. Like, it seems like... I need my insulin. He's <laughs> just diabetic. <laughs> he's on it. On it, it never says what's going on with him, but, like, he seems deathly ill. Oh. Like, and he's in a uh, silver case cell or whatever, so it's not like Melly can help, like, try to heal him or anything. He just looks like he's fucking dying. I need my EpiPen. <laughs> Marty, I need my EpiPen, Marty. <laughs> Go back in time and get my EpiPen. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put your hoverboard between the bars and uh, put it on full power. It'll break. <laughs> if, if you kiss me, then in the past, we won't be gay anymore, and then this will never happen. Marty, you... I'm dying, Marty. Unsuck my dick, Marty! That was a bad decision! <laughs> in the 1980s, I didn't invest in IBM! You have to go back! <laughs> there was too much coke, Marty! There was too much coke! <laughs> Your mom's hot, Marty. I would have done it too. <laughs> Marty. I... I, I knew what I was getting you into, Marty. That's why I wanted you. I was going to bring you to your mother, and you were going to fuck her, and then I was going <laughs> to... Why do you think I brought back this camcorder with us? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to put it on your OnlyFans in the future, Marty. <laughs> and I'll take that money and come back to the past and invest it. We'll be millionaires, Marty! <laughs> It'll be the first HD retro porn, Marty. <laughs> Marty, I invented Pornhub, Marty. <laughs> Guess what, guys? We're on episode 12. That means Woo! we can start using games again. <laughs> We are legal in Taiwan. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to bring us back to the writer's room. Do you guys remember this game where I give you a title of an anime, a fictitious title, and you both pitch me your best idea, and we try to figure out whose story would make the I better show? Let's go. First anime, Frank E. Stein, colon, Monster Undercover. <laughs> oh. So... I envision it as an immortal Frankenstein, like the Frankenstein's monster. Um, so what he ends up doing is becoming a private eye and solving a bunch of like really fucked up mysteries happening in uh, in Tokyo. But like it, it's all like just really fringe cases that he works. Is he likable or is he still Frankenstein? Um, he's he's a very by the books fact type of guy, but because of that, he can read other people really well. Right. Give me give me an example of a case then, specifically. Okay, sure. Um, so he gets called in to do the Loch Ness monster case uh. because <laughs> uh, it's been a long a long myth, right? So he he goes in, he finds out that the Loch Ness monster actually was real. Of course, it'd be a sad episode if it wasn't real. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he's able to commune with the beast again via uh, an emotional pathway. Yeah. Plot armor, okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, and he uh, he saves uh, a small village from being overtaken by um, uh, the Loch Ness uh, monster. 
Nessie, Nessie got got. That's All not right. bad. So Frankie Stein, Monster Undercover. <laughs> we start with a really nice couple. They've been uh, miscarrying for years. Oh. All they want is a child. Oh, God. That's sad. And one day they're talking to their friend, Frankenstein, and he's like, guys, I could build you a baby. Like, <laughs> wouldn't be that hard. So this is taking place in like 2015, 2020. So he actually makes him a really good looking baby. Oh, he's not a green baby? No, no. Okay. But as he grows up, they're noticing some things. You know, he, he likes to eat rats. He likes to fucking tear off his arm and then just like shove it back into place and sew it up. But the thick of it takes place in high school where he's trying to get laid. And he has this perpetual fear that his cock's going to fall off inside. Did you just change the plot completely? (laughs) Well, this was the setup, right? But then the the meat of it is a high school... Making friends and going he's on adventures. He's pretending not to be a monster in high school. Yeah, he's undercover. Yeah. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me people don't realize that he's Frankenstein's monster? Nope. He was made to look like a normal baby. So he's just. So what you're saying is he's just a kid who got put together with limbs of fucking dead babies and then reanimated. Yeah. Okay. Well, do I have to decide who to fund here? Please. Uh, I know anime loves a good high school drama, and that's why Zach always ties it back to high school. But I like the uh, pr- the private eye in this one. I'm going to go with the private eye investigating fictional monsters. Damn! You got got. You've got an infinite pool of episodes to pull from just from folklore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole season where he's after Bigfoot. He never <laughs> finds him. <laughs> well, there's there's an arc where he gets trapped in hell too. It's pretty great. Yeah. Jesus Christ, sounds nutty. Or he has to go figure out if Jesus was real or not. <laughs> uh, all right, I have the legend of Fred. <laughs> oh, I like that. Well, I like that. Infinite possibilities. Exactly. Take it whatever direction you want. The legend of Fred. So, uh, we all remember Fred from YouTube 2007. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll high pitch my voice here, but it's Fred. <laughs> it's Fred. <laughs> so he was absolutely gaining carpal tunnel in his hands from editing every single clip oh, to be a little no. faster. Right? It was destroying him, and he had to find a better way. <laughs> so he invested all his YouTube money into science to be able to make his voice literally his YouTube voice. And once he did it, he gained so much fame and fortune that he didn't know what to do with it. It put him on a downward spiral. He got into drugs. He, uh, you know, he thought he had tiger blood. It was a scary uh, situation. You're saying he became Charlie Sheen? Oh, shit, I don't got much else, damn it. <laughs> so you're pretty much pitching a documentary about the life of the YouTuber on Fred. Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's my pitch. All right, yeah. I, I've always wondered what's happened to him, so... <laughs> So, uh, my legend of Fred is actually about the future redemption eradication division, um, aka Fred. Uh. Um, they are a group of people who have been working behind the scenes for generations, doing good in the world, but there's another group of people called Steve, and they're, they're out to stop <laughs> them. What's Steve stand for? Make it up right now. Don't yep, think. You have to. Right now. Right Let's now. Do it. Stop eradication. Nope, you messed it up. Nope. <laughs> oh yeah St- stop team eradication uh violence acceptable that's not an e <laughs> e uh uh violence 
uh, expected. <sighs> oh my god. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so Fred versus Steve, there are two teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of them uh, is at the one side of like a big canyon. Uh, the team is dressed all in blue. And the other is oh. on the other side of the canyon. Uh-oh. And they're all dressed in uh, red. Oh no. <laughs> Now, the trailers for the show make it seem like it's going to be a real, like, impactful, like, punch, punch, kick, kick type show. But it's actually, like, really about the group members themselves. They, they're they more of a family. Cute. All right. So we got a YouTube documentary <laughs> somehow turned into Charlie Sheen's life. And then a tactical team, but it's all about the heart and soul of the group. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like the Fred acronym. You know what? I'm not going to do the thing where I automatically give the points to Zach. So I'm giving them to Brody oh, again. Done dirty. <laughs> done dirty. I have the words the gravy train written down for some reason. Yep, that's what we're doing then. <laughs> uh, I've got an idea for that already. I'm not sure if... For the gravy Zach train? Does. Then you go first, yeah. Brody. Sure. So the gravy train is a heist show uh, about... Uh, literally doing a heist on a train. So uh, there's a group of four people, um, one female con artist, one kind of head leader, smart kind of guy. Cue the Ocean's Eleven music. Yeah, basically. Uh, you got like the weapons expert and the like ninja dude. And they're they're going in to the gravy train to, to, to take all the, the wealth. Uh, and the way they're doing that is by uh, hiring uh, team members from Fred. Wait, what? It's a crossover? Did you just pitch that at the very last second? <laughs> it's a crossover, baby! <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a spinoff of The Legend of Fred. Legend of Fred mm-hmm. colon The Gravy Train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what's really cool about this one? One of the members on the train... A little uh, guy I like to call uh, Mr. Frankenstein. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. on the trail. He's You're making the, the Brody cinematic. Or he's universe. on <laughs> the train. <laughs> Coming next summer. Frank. Frank. Train. Train. Is this your theme song right here? Train. Yeah. You know, the little bit of action and then the black screen with the word and then a little more crazy action than the black screen. With the and the word just says train on it sometimes. Train. I would watch that, though. If, if there was just like three random things that I'm super passionate about that all decided to like clusterfuck together on a train. <laughs> Flash or just the word train would get me hype. Train. <laughs> choo choo. Choo choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, goodness. The only thing I got is like a, a Downton Abbey esque where all the characters are super rich because they own the highest grossing gravy business in the world. <laughs> and it's just a bit of a introspective into their privileged ass lives. And the first person, first world problems that they have. I'm sorry, if you don't give this to Zach, you're fucking biased, and I hate you for Wait, why? Because that sounds phenomenal. A Downton Abbey type show? Called The Gravy Train, <laughs> and it's about a rich family? Fuck yes. <laughs> hey, you got me hyped with your Gravy Train song, Brody. I, I know, I got myself hyped for it too, man, but like, 
that's a genuinely good pull away from what I was just saying. <laughs> I, I, I respect it, Zach, whether he does or not. <laughs> it appears there's been a gravy leak in Bay A. Whatever will we do? <laughs> oh, Sir Frederick, why do you always have to be on my nuts about my gravy tray? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nowhere near your testicles, Frederick. <laughs> I can never tell because we're always in so much gravy. <laughs> Mommy, why do we always have to have gravy at every meal? <laughs> and she just slaps the ever-loving shit out of the eight-year-old. She's like, you never say that again. Gravy is our life, Benjamin! It's our life! <laughs> and she cries because she knows if the gravy disappears, she's fucked. She, she married into this gravy life. Not knowing how intense it truly was. <laughs> oh, no. Let's just say, not all rides on the gravy train are a gravy train. <laughs> Things can get dicey on this gravy train. Like, the poster is all the characters, like, looking slyly at another one, but not really. And like the look I changed my post. mind. Give it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> This week sponsored by Artemis's Dream Vacations. For those that have already achieved all their dreams and they're bored as shit. <laughs> Spend some dreams on us. Spend some dream money on Artemis. <laughs> wait, 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 why is this? Why is this the idea? Because Artemis is what? Because Artemis is an island built to charge people, essentially. Like, like when I say they gathered some debt on that island, I mean massive, massive amounts of debt. Right. For, like, walking down certain paths. There's a fee. For taking an elevator, there's a fee. For, like, yeah, like, everything has a fucking fee. That's what I mean by, like, a no-expense-paid vacation. This week is sponsored by Artemis Vacations. Ah, <laughs> uh, no expenses paid. It's all on you. <laughs> you thought taking things from the mini bar was bad. Just having the mini bar on <laughs> is a hundred bucks. Yeah, try uh, try going out on your patio. Um, because of the weight constrictions in the building and said patios, that's fifty bucks. Hey guys. Yeah. Why are we advertising this? <laughs> Meaning, because like, they paid us, Caleb. They paid us. We don't have a yeah, soul anymore. I don't. I have, like, this is they how have so works. much money that they can pay us exorbitant fees to advertise. Hey, hey, we gotta actually if we're if they're paying us these good bucks, guys, we gotta make this place sound good. We can't just keep saying they charge you for everything. We're just being let's honest. Ma- let's we're mask honest. it a little bit. <laughs> Do you crave the vacation experience of being completely secluded from the poors of the world? <laughs> well, look no further. Introducing Artemis Vacation. Do you need a gold card that pays for nothing and is just for look? Artemis. <laughs> Do you want to dip your toesies in the whirlpool? And have a man come by with a debit machine immediately. <laughs> Artemis. <laughs> Do you want to just flex on all those basic bitches for no reason other than you can? 
artists. Do you want to sit on your bed in your hotel room and watch Chopped? Artemis. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want a guilty-free experience where you should feel super guilty? Because again, you're stupid rich. Artemis. (laughs) Night stays starting at $14,000. For the basic package. If you want VIP, you're buying this bitch. Jeff Bezos, we're looking at you. Artemis. We have our own island separate from our original place (laughs) for the elite of the elite. (laughs) This island is five feet higher than the other one, so you can look down on the competitors. So you will always be looking down on the rest of the world. (laughs) You you thought those guys thought they were rich? You know the true secret. You clicked on the platinum package. You're the bees. Do you want somebody to follow you around with a step stool so you can always step up above everyone? <laughs> Do you want an island with absolutely no immigrants? Artists. <laughs> Do you want an island secluded from those infected scum? Hmm. Artists. Do you want to get away from your factory workers who want a living wage? Artists. <laughs> <laughs> You know your place in this world. Now, enjoy it with artists. Caleb, just a, just a. I wonder if you can like take our our words and play them at the same time whenever we do Artemis. (laughs) Just like that soft little like choir of of Artemis. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe throw some waterfall sounds in too. Like, you can get yeah, like, fun with the production part. value of this one needs to be a stellar. <laughs> well, thanks. Right. So much pressure. So, um... I was about to call him Carlisle again. <laughs> Carmine. Uh, Conrad starts shooting another volley at the area of town, and that's when Grimm shows up and, like, absorbs the entire volley and, like, sucks them into his bandages. It looks really weird. Oh. And then ends up shooting them back at the tanks and destroying, like, most of them, uh, which enrages Carlisle and gets him to pull out his massive You just said Carlisle thing. Again. Fuck off! <laughs> Are you, uh... You got a crush on some fucking e-boy? So, I think... Uh, so, this is the problem. When I was writing it, for some reason, I wrote it every time as Carlisle, and oh, his name is Conrad. Oh, yeah. So whenever I'm reading it, instead of saying Conrad, I'm saying Carlisle. And I have Conrad on, like, a separate webpage opened up being like, his name is Conrad Brody. But I keep on saying fucking <laughs> 48 Carlisle. font. Yeah, his name uh, is. You have it flashing on the side of a second screen on your computer, just saying, Conrad. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I have, like, an app set up for my watch, so every time I say it, I get a jolt of pain, and I'm still fucking doing it you're doing it out of pure pleasure at this point you like the jolt of pain <laughs> i know you. i'll never tell <laughs> um so uh grim seth and carlisle are kind of fighting did you say it on purpose that time uh Conrad. <laughs> and, oh, no. and uh they all uh the the uh, uh the nemesis start falling from the, the uh clock tower in the middle of the city like massive amounts of them oh because that flute girl had the, the flute rats, girl yeah 
the fluke girl is starting to like start her little fun, right? Yeah. Her little fun. And she's like, you know, the events from 15 years ago, I haven't forgot. <laughs> and then uh, flashback to roughly 16 years ago, there's these four orphans. What the fuck? One of them being obviously the girl in question. They were taken from their families because they had the infections oh. and forced to be a group of uh, sorcerer like annihilation squad type things they were trained to take out nemesis Whoa. but they were also viewed as like disgusting oh, yeah. lower simply simply a weapon exactly because of that like most people feared them and they were like held within jail cells uh even as small children white silver yeah yeah cool the uh major at the time who was taking over the uh, area or in control of the area was actually super sympathetic to them and would like spend time with them and like teach them about music and like really wanted to bond with these kids because they're just kids man yeah they're just kids right like they were literally taken from their family so he's just like hey man like i'm gonna i'm gonna be there for you when you need me right here's a splash of humanity there's this younger uh, gentleman who works under him, uh, a guy by the name of Conrad, who is not a fan of how he acts with the kids. Uh-oh. At one point, he actually, like, lets the kids out so that it looks like they escaped. And, are, and the general po- public hears about this and are terrified that these sorcerers of, like, infectious sorcerers are, like, roaming the streets and so, just like they're doing now, the 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 main public started hunting them down, and they started fearing them a lot more than they had already. So before. this shows a lot of just like planting distrust, and it seems to be specifically mm-hmm. rooted in this Carlisle character. Yeah, Conrad. <laughs> right, right. You got me doing it. <laughs> and yeah, it definitely is. Like both times, sixteen or fifteen years ago, and now both are conrad's doing right like he's he's a racist that's as easy as you can say it like he thinks certain people are better than others because of where they're from or what they look like so he's he's just a shitty human being anyways the major um at one point gives the little girl a flute and teaches her how to play it and it's kind of like her her prized possession right Throughout things happening, a nemesis shows up, and who do you think they send? They're, they're going to send this little girl, because she's the, the last one alive. The other three have been killed over time, right? What, by lynching? By lynching, by being in prison, by, like, malnourishment. Like, they don't really say. They just say that the three of them are no longer living. So, the major wanting to protect the girl... Uh, comes and he's like, we're going to go out there. I'm going to be sitting right beside you. We've got this. And that's when Car- uh, Conrad <laughs> comes up and stabs him in the back. <gasps> and he like literally dies right in front of the little girl. So her basic dad. That's yeah. a major bummer. <laughs> yeah, major bummer, bruh. Bro, that's um, so not radical. <laughs> that's like totally harsh in my vibes, bro. Oh my God, bad vibes, bad vibes. Bad vibes! Oh, I just got pitted, bro. <laughs> oh, so pitted. Death is nothing to us, by the way, viewers. We are so broken. <laughs> it will never Too much happen. anime to feel. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, uh, Con- uh, Conrad takes over the... Um, Army. Or the guards. Yeah, like, 
Whoever's dictatorship, essentially. He just takes over. After this guy dies, he's like, oh, this little girl did it. Oh, man, I just, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop things from going. And he fucking drops an entire district because he's like, oh, the, the, uh, the foreigners are a part what of it all. What do you mean drops it? Like, you can just drop it out of the sky? So, Whoa. remember when I was like, there's balloons that are like yeah. holding parts of the, the, yeah. So he can just like disconnect those. An entire district of homes, people, gone. In an instant. Uh, so she's pretty broken up about that still. And just like the disrespect from everyone. Even though you'd think that the, the meaning she would get from all of this was like, this dude is bad. He's trying to kill people. She doesn't give a fuck. She's ever, everyone's her enemy, right? Everyone's like bad. they were the one who lynched her. They're the ones who let him do this. It's their own fault. Yeah. So turns out that Conrad and her had been working together. Conrad not realizing who the fuck she is as an adult. So she's been essentially just manipulating him to destroy everyone that did her wrong in her past. Just destroy the entire city. And she's going to do that with bus-sized rats? Well, there's not they're not all bus-sized rats. The ones they saw right. were. She also has some much, much bigger ones. Oh. Um, she's got like a, a colony. She calls them her like brother's and sisters because like they essentially raised her because when she ran off in the end after the major died she uh was surrounded by them and playing her music and they all just kind of chilled it chilled yeah. and like spent like she was essentially raised with them so like they're her family right like if um, somebody lost in the woods is raised by wolves exactly yeah that's i think that's the kind of vibe they and were trying they come to come back so into that's... the city and sick all the wolves on the people in the yeah. city yeah, i've heard that story i don't i don't remember that part necessarily but yeah so seth beats the fuck out of conrad shows conrad his ways are stupid and conrad's like i don't care anyway so he's just like fuck you then and like just I, I'm, I'm not sure if he dies but you don't see him anymore so so yeah that's a pretty strong indication <laughs> <laughs> Mel Grimm and Seth uh, hop on their brooms and head up to the, the clock tower and uh, to, to fight the Demotor. And that's when freaking uh, General Torque and his goons show up. Um, and on their way up, Seth gets teleported to a room. He meets someone who looks like his brother who also has horns. What in the world? The dude's like, the dude's like, hey man, why are you holding yourself back? Because he's got this bandage on his face he's always had that uh, he's never taken off. He's like, yeah, you just gotta like fucking take that off and you'll be full power, bro. And Seth's like, I don't know who the fuck you are. I'm not gonna trust anything you say. Hell Peace. No. Seth has a bandage on his face? Yeah, he does. Oh, like one with SpongeBob characters on it? It's on his cheek. No, like a little. Uh, it's, it's just it's it's just a white. I have fairly odd parents' band aids still. I've never used. That's kind of dope. <laughs> and do you pretend that they actually are Wanda or Cosmo? <laughs> oh! <laughs> the bandage sticking on you. Yeah, man, that's the way. To that's do it. funny. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> Grim, uh, Grim, and Melly start fighting the um, Domitor on the top of the building while Seth. Domitor, is you're using that word interchangeably with flute girl, right? Is that the same yeah, chick? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, he finally shows up after like it was pretty much a stalemate, uh, and he kind of uh, shown in main protagonist esque tries to reason with her with words before fighting. 
Like any good hero. <laughs> I don't want to hurt you. Please stop. It doesn't seem like he's getting through to her until, like, this is the only way. He's, he literally has her own weapon, like, up against her throat. He's like, like, help me find Radiant. Like, with you, we would be so much better. We could, like, find it and take it out and we could save this fucking shitty world we're in. And he thinks he has her on her side. And then General Torque shows up. Yeah. <gasps> And his thaumaturgies, which is, like, his closest group of people. Uh, and one of them comes down and fucking just kills that bitch. Oh. And uh, this is right after Seth, like, had thought he broke through to her. And, like, they were, like, they were gonna move on. They were gonna, like, work together. And this sends him into uh, a uh, insane rage. And he rips the Spongebob Band-Aid off his cheek. Uh, it, it, it slices <laughs> a bit. And then his eyes go black. And he gets a, a, a devilish aura around him. Ooh. And his mind goes blank. And he just goes kind of essentially into uh, a fury rage. Where he starts just destroying everything around him, including the tower. So there's giant chunks of concrete, like, falling on the people below. And, like, people are just, like, trying to, like, stop it from actually killing folks below. But he, he, his mind is blank. He's just fury and rage. And it all started because the guy who said he was his brother seemed to, like, initiate something in him. Um, dun, dun. But yeah, he, he, like, shows a massive amount of strength. And then they just fucking deke. Grim wraps him up in bandages and, like, just, like, throws him on his shoulder and they just get the fuck out of there because if he doesn't, then, like, people are gonna die. Anyways, they get away. It's a happy ending, essentially. And that's the first season of Radiant. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, a bunch of details taken out just to fit for time, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun show. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like Cloud City meets Donald Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. It seems politically driven, but you say it is lighthearted still at the same time. Like, oh, absolutely. Well, now, yeah, we don't have to build a wall. Is that what you were fucking referring to earlier? When yeah, you're like, just yeah. we can yeah. just cut when, the balloons. Yeah, <laughs> by, why why build a wall when we can just take them out by just dropping their entire area? Damn, Bioshock yeah. Infinite called, but Trump's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like I was gonna be a lot heavier on like the starting of the show and like seth learning about his abilities and the person he grew up with and stuff and that's really cool but like i forgot how intensely like dark the second half gets right. but also like cool at the same time because it's like a cool world with a dark concept mixed into it and yeah it's yeah i don't know it's what we're Radiant going for bucket. here good stories fun shit and good stuff to rip on exactly indeedly all right so everybody thanks for everybody for listening i've I would highly suggest you get other people to check us out. We would really, really appreciate that. Yeah, come, uh, like, give us uh, ratings on whatever service you're using. It's it's good to know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. If you could just click one of our episodes and then leave and then restart the app <laughs> and then click the same episode again for about an hour, that'd be really appreciated. You'd probably triple our numbers in that hour alone, so there you go. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, don't make it sound like we don't have anyone We listening. need the dopamine. We need it. Either way, yeah, any of those services like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, all that stuff. Like, those are Podbean, good. Pod, the one. That yeah, we're... we're actually on Podbean, yeah. Zach, do you know who does our intro? It's like oh, no. kind of angels mixed with emos. It's like mm. you got angst, you got hurt, but you know it's pure. Zach, the that sounds pretty good, kid. 
Fuck, dude. It is so good, kid. <laughs> uh, we're goofing. Uh, the, the band's called Good Kid. They are phenomenal. And the Go song's called Down with the King. Right? Check Tell it. me you're not bobbing your noggin while you're listening to this Hoggin song. And it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? All right, um, All right. Yeah, do you have a final quote, Brody? And I'll play us out if that's okay. What does that mean? Oh, oh, that note, oh. man. It's the it only way to pull me... it off. It's a really shitty note. <laughs> so, so, so Zach is now swarmed with small bus-sized rats. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. Um. If you don't get close to anyone, if you avoid getting involved, I suppose you won't get hurt. But I wanted a friend who'd worry with me and walk with me. Whoa. Deep lines, buddy. All right. Yeah, so I hope no. you guys enjoyed this Ocarina <laughs> outro. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Remember, anime not be for everyone. Now you guys get to hear some real music. Bye. Oh, rough. <laughs> Peace out, everyone. <laughs>